Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on two. Ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Brock, I don't know if the preseason has just changed in that now you're not going to see, for the most part, the first-team offenses at all. Now that there's only three preseason games, that's even going to be less opportunities for them. But given that they're installing a new offense, should the Seahawks have been giving their first-team offense some more looks? Because we saw zero on Saturday night in Las Vegas. Well, this is the trend of the league, Paul. I mean, this is where where it's going. I I know that Pete Carroll made a a plant-based turn years ago. And to think, honestly, you know, four or five years ago, that you would say to Pete Carroll, do you know that in the year 2021 – you won't compete to win every preseason game? That you're going to actually sit as many guys in the top five as everybody else in the league is going to do? And oh, by the way, even with the new offensive coordinator, you're not even going to play your number ones of ones. He would have looked at you with, you know, like you have five eyes. You're crazy. That's not the way we do things. We play. We play our guys. We don't play in fear. Remember the number of times Salk would, would ask Pete, you know, in those on those Mondays in the preseason, like, why would you have Earl Thomas return punts? Why is Richard going to return punts? Why would you put them at any risk in the preseason of injury? And and Pete, honestly, is just like, that's that's not the way we think. That's, you know, we, we, we just don't worry about the downside and play to fear. We go and attack and we compete. And, you know, this is just the year 2021, man. This is where it's at. It is a long marathon of a season. I think that plays a role in it. You're going to play 17 games this regular season. You know what you have, certainly in, in your frontline guys, and you know that you've got to develop your depth. And as I said to you guys yesterday, your depth wasn't good enough, game number one. And developing that means giving those guys ample opportunity in these preseason games. Still, why do you think Pete changed? I mean, is it just like when he stopped eating meat and he was just like, oh, I'll try this. Oh, this feels better. This is, <laughs> I've made a plant-based turn, and this is incredible. It's, it's weird. It why is? do you think he changed? It is. I think just from a competitive standpoint, his peers in the league are doing it, Danny. I'm sure the, the folks in the uh, in the science and technology sports sector. Science. Yeah, sports, you're probably right. Sports science said, hey, Pete, this really isn't worth it. The upside of this is just really not worth it. We can get a lot of work in, quality work in. We can run 30, 40 plays in, in, a, in a simulated practice with, with tremendous tempo and, and do these things here. So I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably the council that he listens to uh, of those people upstairs that they pay a lot of money to, to help him make those decisions over the long haul, Danny, over 17 games of a season and the attrition that comes uh, with that kind of a marathon that it's just not the upside, just not worth it in preseason anymore. You know what? I, I think you're totally right. Like hearing that the one thing that could change Pete's mind about something like that is data. Like showing him a list, and they track guys' movements now, being able to show him how players moved after a preseason game compared to before it, and saying, like, here's here's the actual toll. Like, here's here's what we've actually observed of, of, of how this affects how guys are able to work in practice. I, I could see that changing. Because and you have so few reps even in practice now, Danny. This isn't, mm-hmm. you know, the old days where you had two-a-days and you had, you know, lots of opportunities. Those, those reps are valuable in practice. It's why... Hopefully we hear the news. Dwayne Eskridge is going to be able to practice and get back on that field and play and get the work in. You have how many padded practices in the entire month of August to get yourself ready to go. So 
those but reps that would, are that would that would make you more likely to play in the preseason of like well, we're already missing out on all these reps in practice. We've got to get him somewhere in at least the game. Like that to me, if that was the fear that we're not getting enough work on the field, that you would be more likely to play guys at the preseason. But the flip side of that is okay, so we get twenty plays in the game and now I'm gonna miss him for two days of practice. Yeah. I mean I think yeah. that's where that data is, right? Like, okay, I played twenty snaps and, and now I'm not even getting it against good on good. Right, the other team is sitting thirty-five of their guys. So, what are my ones versus their twos and threes? What, it, how quality rep is that versus? Let's go good on good and get make sure I get those forty to fifty reps in practice on Monday and Tuesday, and I'm not nicked up with a bruise or Geno Smith with a concussion or right. So I, I do. I you know the more we talk about this, I think this is totally a data decision from upstairs. From 2018, I'm reading a story off of PlantBasedNews.org. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll is credited a plant-based diet for keeping him healthy enough to keep working, as well as making his arthritic pain go away. The 66-year-old coach has been asked whether he will step down on a number of occasions. When asked the question on 710 ESPN Seattle's Brock and Salk show, he simply said, quote, I'm not retiring, dude. <laughs> End quote. According to Carroll, he is feeling, quote, awesome. End quote. <laughs> I think I remember that day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys made it. You made it the big time. Plantbasednews.org. Question two. All right, Brock. I'm going to open this. You're going to be the first person, but we're going to open up a time capsule. Did you say we're gonna I? Ask people Did you give me for... a Nick Saban I? I? No, I, I Brock. didn't say that. I. All right, Brock. Oh, thank no, you. No, I don't ever say it. I, I, What's I wrong with saying I? I? Yeah, no. I mean, I, that ain't, that ain't a, a, a pro- me, man. Okay, talk yeah. about the program. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to open up a time capsule, and I'm going to ask people for different predictions regarding Jamal Adams. Brock is going to be the first one who oh, does this. Gosh. All right, Brock. Yes or no? Does Jamal Adams sign a contract extension before game one of the regular season? Yes. Okay. Brock, what is the date that he will sign said contract? What's the date of the Colts game? Colts game is the 11th, correct? No, it's 12th. the 12th. It's the 12th. Sunday the 12th is the Colts yes. game. He is going to sign his contract. Let's see. He's going to sign it September the 8th. September 8th. So that is that the Thursday? That's the Wednesday, Wednesday. that week. The work day, the, the really beginning, the grind of the, of the work day week. He's going he's gonna to have that thing done. All right, I'm opening it up. 710-710, the Mac and Jacks text line. If you answer no, if you say no, he's not going to sign the contract extension before game one, I want you to tell me whether he plays a full season, whether he sits out at the beginning. If you say yes, I want you to give me the date. Mm. We're going to see who nails this. Paul, Mm. what do you think? I was going to say the 8th, but uh, Brock got to go first. <clears throat> so I'm you going to go. It. You could say it there. You're just going to share the glory with Brock. No, no, I'm not. No, because I, I, am, I am a man, and I am going to uh, win where Tim Tebow could not today. So I'm going to go Friday the 3rd. They're going to try to make it a Friday news dump and act like nothing was a big deal. That way he gets the full week of work leading up to game number one. Friday the 3rd. Call. Good call. That's a good call. Danny? I'm saying that, yes, he signs it. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that Monday. They're gonna they're gonna go on the Monday. So the the sixth. Okay. September sixth. They'll have a bonus workout day and that contract Labor Day. I think that's Labor Day. Uh-huh. Labor Day will have a new deal for Jamal. And that deal, by the way, will be the same exact deal that's been sitting on his agent's table for the last three weeks. It's there's yeah, a there, probably 
there's probably more of me that's worried about this happening than you guys. Like, what's mm-hmm. your level of certainty that this extension gets done, Brock? My level of concern is an eight that it's not going to get done. So oh, really? I, I, so yours well, is very you high. That. Yeah, I told you that. Uh, what ten days ago or last week yeah. or something like that? That yeah, that, that there is concern. That is uh, the amount of voices that get in Jamal's head and have conversations with him and family, and, and it's a little bit of an encumbered conversation with his representatives. So the, the number of those voices, I think, are incredibly loud. But just the way they do business, I don't. Was it Florio that wrote this? Somebody wrote this. That this is the way the Seahawks do business. So, yes. and I've watched it for a decade, as have you, Danny and Paul, the last couple of years. Like this is so what we do, Jared Allen. Here's the best we got for you. I mean, this is the deal that that we have. Who is the guard? T.J. Lang. Here's the deal. Yeah. If you can go out and get better, God bless you, Golden Tate, Paul Richards. Here's the deal. This is this is a number we got. This is a number that is we put our amazingly huge flow chart and puzzle pieces together and we plan this is this is how we do business. Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson. This is this is this is the way it is. So I, I think that deal has been sitting there for a couple weeks, and as much as Jamal and his agent and his family want to scream and yell about it, those numbers aren't changing. Two years of the franchise tag too would seemingly be advantageous for Seattle because they would not be paying him that much if he was under the safety designation, right? We're talking like 13 and then 15 or Correct. 16 million dollars or so. It's not even it's not even just that. It's not even the total money. If if you're the team, it's at your advantage to go year to year. Yeah. Because what happens if a guy gets hurt? I was looking back, one of the last times a safety played on a franchise tag. Safeties and running backs don't play on franchise tags. Just I mean, Simmons I mean, it has did, happened. Right? You, what's that? Didn't Justin Simmons in Denver do that? Did he do that last year? I believe he did last year, Danny. Yeah, I think he played on the franchise tag. That he did, and then this year they finally got the deal done because that number, you know, in year two of that franchise is going to go up. So last year he did. Have there been others? It's safe. Ken Hamlin did after he left Seattle and went to Dallas. A guy named Donovan Darius did. Oh, that with the Jaguars, yeah. Yeah. like 2005, and Darius got hurt. Yeah, and that was one of the last times you saw. Where guys went went into that franchise tag because, look, if you're the team, you would much rather go year to year. It's your advantage because the thing that can happen that can change it so dramatically, your cost is controlled as far as using the franchise tag. And if the guy gets hurt, you're not on the hook for that money. That's right. And and that is the the starting of the negotiating point. Here's here because this is the structure that the league has given us. And we have watched quarterbacks do it. Kirk Cousins. Here's here's the way we're going to lay this thing out. Here here's the the starting point of our conversation. This year you're due X. Yeah, we'd be willing to franchise you, as Paul said, around thirteen million the next, fifteen the next. Add those up. What what do you get over three years, Jamal? I mean that that is in our back pocket. We do not want to do that. We want to make you the highest paid safety in this game. We love you. We don't need a sour working relationship. We don't need to settle for that. But that is the starting point of the conversation. And as you get closer here, you just know the Seahawks don't, don't mess around. <laughs> don't the mess around five, with these deals. From the 253, do you think Adams is at a point where he gives the Hawks a deadline for this to get done much like Russ did? <laughs> yeah, he could give any deadline he wants. And you know what yeah. Seattle's going to say? Y- yes, okay, we met the deadline. It's the deal that's been on the desk for however long. Like, that's the deal. That That's our deadline deal. Crazy. Question number three. We saw the top 25 rankings for college football released by the Associated Press. A couple of Pac-12 entries, 25 and 24. You 
see Arizona State and Utah. At 11, it's Oregon. At 15, it's USC. And at number 20, it's UW. Brock, your yep. beloved dogs. What yes. do you think about that ranking? Woo! I think North that division champs. feels about right for the Pac-12, that nobody's in the top 10. That, that that's kind of where you're sitting going into this season. And you got some mighty, mighty big games against a bunch of those teams in the in the top 10 to, to prove otherwise. You've got uh, Oregon at Ohio State. You've got UCLA versus LSU. You got Colorado versus Texas A&M. You got Washington heading to Michigan. You have Big Ten and SEC tilts in the month of September to change that narrative. But that's how I look at it, is 11 through 25, there's, what, five Pac-12 teams, and that's kind of where you stand right now in the landscape of college football, and the only way to change that narrative is to change the outcome of those games or the majority of those games. I feel pretty good about where Washington sits going in. I feel pretty good about this team. I feel better than I have the past two years. I'm excited. There's a bunch of pieces, man. There's a bunch of things that you do like. You love experience up front. You got one of the best offensive lines in college football. You got a, a deep speed, group of wide receiver, deep all that group youth. of uh, tight ends. You've got some speed uh, outside that's that, that's low in production but high in potential. You got a couple NFL people in your secondary, as you seemingly always do. I'd feel better if ZTF was there, a legitimate bona fide can't block a one on one guy because I don't know if they have that. Uh, without him in, in that front is, you know, is is got some pieces, but how many dynamic, game-changing, golly, when you go into Michigan, you need somebody that can wreck the line of scrimmage kind of guys do you have. That is, that's still to be determined, but okay. to run the ball. Is there some, is there some speed ahead. at linebacker? Is there some speed at middle linebacker? Middle linebacker? So-so. Yeah. So. Weak side linebacker, yeah. Yeah, outside linebacker, yes. Some length. And, yeah, he can he can he can run sideline to sideline preseason wise. There's a lot of expectation and, and hype for him. And Lake's been talking up the depth for what yeah. it's worth. Yep. We'll see. But he's also I've got, been talking I've, up more. I've I I've I've also been very very we'll we'll see. I, I'd like to see a little more speed at middle linebacker. I'd like to yes. see a little more speed there. Brock, it's always great to talk to you. We'll look forward to catching up with you on Thursday. Sounds good, fellas. See ya. That is Brock Hewer joins us Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays for Blue 42, our training camp coverage brought to you by Precore Home Fitness.